You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network market update for November 14th, 2019. My name is Manish and I'm here with the one and only, the man with the plan, the guru himself, Abby. How you doing, Abby? Very well, Manish. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. Mad you never asked me how I'm doing. I don't? No. All right, fair enough. Well, I'm glad that I do because... <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. In these markets? <laughs> you know what? Um, the topic for today is a really um, interesting one, and I think it, it's it's very important. And it's you're going to hear it a lot, I think, in the next week, next two weeks, and hopefully you hear it more and more. And it's that Canada, Canada Canada's cannabis economy is broken. Um, and we're going to talk about today how it can be fixed so what the what the problem is, what the solutions are, um, and how likely it is to be fixed in the okay. short to medium term. Okay. Um, so to answer your question, you know, even with the choppiness of these markets, um, am I, you know, uh, dis disheartened disheartened by what's going on? And I want to say no because you're if, finding opportunities. Excuse me, you're finding opportunities. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just think it naturally when you have volatility, there's opportunity. Right, so we we talked Fair about enough. that before, um, and there's an episode going to be coming out next week called "All Time Highs or All Time Lows." What's next? And really, the thesis that I think I'm going to have going into 2020 and probably for most of 2020 is continued volatility. You're going to see ups and downs, so you have to embrace that and you have to play that accordingly. So, right. you, you know, you're not going to see anything go straight up. You're not going to see anything go straight down. You're going to see it. A, a mixed bag going forward, in my opinion. So Fair enough. Um, I'm I'm doing, you know, I'm playing accordingly, right? When things go down, I'm buying. When they go up, I'm trimming. And I'm you're always trying to balance selling. You're doing versus... the rare buy low, sell high strategy. Yeah, it's nice because I feel like for you know I've been doing the opposite for a while, right? I've been doing the, <laughs> you know, the I've been doing the opposite. The buy high and then I've, sell yeah. never strategy, right? Yeah, so. that's that's. Are you looking at my portfolio? That's right. I'm, I'm yeah. reading. I'm reading the Abbey manual. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. That's what it is. Hey, why are ACBs at like ABC, and why is the price at like two dollars? Yeah, that's. Uh, hey, are you trying to get the ma- maximum tax loss selling here? Is that the goal? <laughs> okay, so to get into it, um, Canada's broken. How do we fix it? Well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Okay. The good news is um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. The bad news uh, is that the tunnel is... You haven't entered the tunnel yet. The, yeah, <laughs> the bad news is that, you know, there's still a long way to get out of the tunnel. Okay. Um, and there's a couple of wild cards in between here and there. Okay. okay? So I, I will tell you that overall, I am relatively optimistic on sorting out the problems that we have. Um, and as we go through them, you'll see that there are some problems which are fixable and I think are actually being addressed and will be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that being said, you know, our core thesis uh, for six, eight months has been, hey, be careful in Canada, be careful of Canadian cultivation. 
Um, and, I, and I think we're going to hold that thesis. I, I think it's going to be that these problems will get fixed going forward. Some of them will at least. And, um, but at the same time, there's going to be a short list of, of real good winners, right? So okay. maybe there won't be as many losers as you're seeing right now, and it won't be so widespread. Mm-hmm. But I do think that ultimately going forward, you will have winners and losers, and there's going to be a lot fewer winners than anything else. Okay. Okay. So that's that's the overall package thesis that you guys will probably hear again and again over the coming weeks. Uh, but let's talk about actually why. Let's talk about what's going on and what the problem is, okay? Okay. Most of what we're going to talk about today can be explained in various ways in terms of supply and demand, all right? And essentially, um, what you're seeing right now uh, is a lot of the companies um, that are starting to report earnings for the third quarter uh, are missing their given guidance. So the numbers they said they would hit, they're, they're going far below that in terms of revenue. Yeah. So some examples are Hexo and Organigram, who are two of the better um, mid-tier LPs. Um, Hexo had to completely withdraw guidance. They said they were going to do $400 million of revenue next year. Now they're saying they might do $20 million next quarter, right? So um, do you think that's going to – do you think you're going to hit that? Well, I, I don't know, but 20, like $20 million a quarter is, doesn't seem that, that hard to hit, right? Um, I don't pay that much attention to Hexo, but – Give a quick – Background on Hexo. Yeah, I mean, Hexo is a company um, based in Quebec. It's got operations also in Ontario. Um, I personally, it's a cultivator. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, good, good point. It's an LP. It's a cultivator. Uh, it's also got some very strong, innovative innovative products. So right. one of my favorite products um, is the uh, Hexo CBD spray. Yeah. And that that actually is one of the best sellers on the OCS I saw the other day. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and um, Hexo won some awards for that as well as some of their other products. So they were actually one of the better companies and one of the more reasonably valued companies as yeah. well. And they've and they've been impressed. And 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 because you're we're talking about what what they actually do, it kind of paints the picture of why you think that the revenue target is not egregious or not outrageous. Yeah, but again, twenty million um, is a lot of companies have already been Annual, doing. Yeah. No, no, but twenty million a quarter. A lot of companies have already been doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not a big step forward. And you're seeing this across the board. Like OGI did 16 million this quarter. Or they've already pre-announced that they will do 16 million for Q3. Yeah. They were supposed to do uh, far above that, right? The, the market reacted very negatively to that. And Organigram again is one of the better companies. Like they figured out how to do a low-cost grow, right? There, this is a company that um, seems from the outside, and I don't know that much about it, but it seems quite well managed. So, what you're hearing um, from these companies and um, what we're seeing accurately reported in the media is that very simply, um, people just aren't able to sell. There's way too much inventory built up in the system right now, and it's not being appropriately pushed out at the end point, um, which is retail. So there's a big bottleneck. And when you look at our top four provinces, Ontario, Quebec, British Columbia and Alberta, those are our four biggest provinces. Three out of four of them are way, way behind what they should be. And Alberta is the only one that really stands out as a model for for having uh, appropriate distribution channels, right? So that's the core problem right now is that people are growing, but they're not able to sell 
to the end consumer because there's not enough retail points in the distribution channel. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think has become obvious to a lot of people. Okay. People are pointing to that. Um, Ontario, for example, has 24 open stores. Um, Alberta has over 300 stores licensed. Okay. Right. So you look at that and, you know, Ontario has uh, several times Alberta's population. You know, something's not adding up here, right? There's an issue here. Yeah. So again, supply and demand and and this is a kind of a funny topic, Abby, because you and I, since we started this podcast, have been saying, hey, be careful of Canadian cultivators. Well, we've said avoid them completely. Yeah, we've said avoid them completely. Yeah. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, but we, but this is interesting because it's surprising to me how quickly things have shifted because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about supply shortages. Yeah. Right? Because companies were Actually, when we up. started this, we were talking about supply yeah, shortages. Yeah, six months ago we were talking about supply shortages. <laughs> yeah. So although I think we, we both agreed that, hey, um, cultivation will get commoditized. Yeah. We did not expect it to get commoditized or oversupplied this quickly. Yeah. Within I'll, you months. know what? I'll, 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 I'll agree with you on that. I think that's, that's accurate. Yeah, but also the, the problem is going back to supply and demand is um, I think the demand is there to purchase this much illegal cannabis right now. The buildup of inventory that you're seeing um, is simply because of two things. One, not having enough retail nodes. But, okay. And secondly, uh, government involvement. But would you say there's an abundance of supply right now? Yeah, so let me give you some numbers. This is from uh, from August, the August reported numbers. So um, in August, we sold about 13,000 kilograms of cannabis. That's dry flour. Uh, nationally? Uh, nationally, yeah. Okay. Correct. Um, the August inventory between provinces and LPs was 60,000 kilograms. Six zero. Okay. So you've got four and a half months. What was months. July? Uh, I don't know. I'd have, I'd have to go back and check. Okay. So here's the, you know, so you've got four and a half months basically of product, um, you know, that's finished inventory that the provinces and the LPs are holding. Yeah, that they can actually sell. Yeah. Right. Here's the, here's the scary number. You've got 328,000 kilograms of unfinished inventory. So basically, that's bud that is is you know it's either wholesale so it's it's either full flower or it could be trim, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's not packaged yet, right? So maybe they're saving it for oils. Maybe they haven't packaged it for whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. That is about uh, that's about that's about thirty months of inventory that they have sitting there at the current run rate of of how it's selling. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So you've got yeah, 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 you've got four and a half months of finished inventory. You've got 30 months of unfinished inventory. But unfinished can turn to finish very quickly, right? You just have to package yeah, and exactly. label it, right? That, so that, that's where I that's that's where I see um, a lot of discrepancies and a lot of stats that I that I read about is that when you hear 30 months is a long time. Think about it this way: it's been 13 months, one three mm -hmm. since legalization has happened yep. in Canada. Yep. So when when someone says 30 months, that's literally 2.5, 2.6 times. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, that's you know that's those numbers are really bad because yeah. at the end of the day, you're not your inventory is the, the speed with which your inventory will grow is, is uh, accelerating. Like these companies are now all ramping up. Okay, so. so it's, this is only going to get worse and worse and worse because everybody has the square footage just coming online right now. Yeah. Right? And then 
when you look at, you know, for example, Alifia, which is a company I don't really follow, but they just completed an outdoor harvest. They reported an all-in cost of goods of 10 cents a gram. That's like Colombia numbers. Yeah, 10 cents a gram, right? And, and that, that's Canadian, And that's a Canadian cultivator. Canadian for people who don't cultivator. Know like yeah, is. I mean, it's imp- extraordinarily impressive, right? But it shows you that that probably all of that product is gonna... yeah exactly I, i'd say that's almost had we had this discussion six months ago that would have been impossible nobody would have believed that number, yeah right because to, to put it into perspective for anybody who's listening that the average cost what was estimated for canadian cultivators was a dollar to two dollars a gram this is 10 cents yeah yeah exactly. one tenth of the lower end of the spectrum exactly and that's outdoor grow so you know theoretically People can do outdoor grow. Now, is that is that is that confirmed? Well, they, they've reported it. I mean, you know, could they be wrong? No, no, if, they, if they've be... reported it, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, legally you know, speaking, that's confirmed. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. From yeah. a legal perspective, it would be a big issue if that wasn't correct, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, but again, we haven't seen their so that they just reported that. We'll see what their financials say, but that just shows you, right? If you have uh, three hundred and twenty million grams sitting in in inventory right now, right? So. Um, at 10 cents a gram, you know, it's, it's a big discrepancy, right? So yeah. that's the big challenge, okay? And I think everybody can understand this challenge. And and some people are saying, well, the buildup's okay because they're going to use this for oil, right? But, you know, I would submit to you that, hey, like, this is a lot of product sitting there, right? Like, yeah. yes, people will turn it into oil, but we haven't even started selling the oil products yet, right? We don't know how they're going to sell. If we don't solve the underlying problem of distribution and retail, the 2.0 products are not going to sell as well as they should either. Yeah. Right? Because, again, supply and demand, the demand is there. We're just not able to effectively get it to people. That's the problem we're having uh, right interesting, now. Okay? Interesting. Interesting. Is that on the agenda? Or you yeah, for sure. For sure. And and so right now the, the oversupply is artificial the same way that the undersupply was artificial in the beginning. So over time, there might end up being an oversupply long-term in this market that might happen. I mean, listen, I don't think the undersupply was artificial. And the reason that I say that is that these companies were scaling up. So yeah, they, exactly. they, were, they were trying to get there. For me, I mean, look, listen, correct me if I'm wrong. When I hear the term artificial, I mean they're being artificially held by barriers. And once those barriers are lifted, they can get – they can – they shouldn't be there anymore, right? So, for instance... You're thinking about almost like government rules or like... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one way to put it. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, necessarily say that, but I mean like barriers in the sense that they're being held by organizations of some sort. Initially, that undersupply was because there wasn't enough licensed producers who could actually right. cultivate to the scale. They, they were scaling up. Right, right, So right. It, was, it wasn't artificially held. It was They were just ramping up. Okay, that, that's fair. Right. Maybe artificial is the wrong word, but it was. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. They were ramping up. That's the point, right? Is that yeah, they, yeah. So, so that's that's why there was a um, a shortage, and there was a shortage. Yes, and exactly. ultimately, if they had rolled out the retail more aggressively, yes. then I think we would yes. we might still be in a re, in a shortage position. Like that might still be happening today. I don't think we would be in oversupply. I mean, Manish, like when we first started chatting, yeah. Our first discussion was about this, and we and we both agreed that, you know what? Actually, you preface this by saying that the time that it took to get to where we are today 
mm-hmm. made sense. So what, what I was going to say was, well, you and I both knew that that over demand, or sorry, yeah, not 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 the over demand, the the undersupply was was artificially being held, like we, temporary. We, it was it was temporary. Yeah, yes. sure. temporary is the right word. Um, did we assume that it was going to be to this extent, like this this quickly? No, absolutely not. Are we oversupplied? I don't know, and I I, I don't think we're oversupplied yet. I think. Well, I mean, again, thirty months of inventory. Yeah. Right. So, but and remember, it gets added to every day. Like the the inventory keeps rolling off. Like all of Alifia's product is not included in this three hundred and thirty thousand kilograms, right? So it's gonna this keeps growing and growing and growing. Right. And so I think mean, this this goes back to exactly what you were saying yeah. earlier, which was the bottleneck in the yeah. So so panel. so just to to get into the meat of what we're talking about is that the problems really there's there's three. Pr- it's a three-pronged approach to what the issues are, okay? And they are um, retail, distribution, and marketing, okay? So let's go through these three. Okay. Retail, basically, we've talked about. There's not enough retail. But on top of that, really, I think people have pointed out um, Ontario is the real problem here. Uh, Ontario is the problem child by far. Yeah. Not only do you have not – you probably have, you know, maybe 5% of the – stores that you need right now. Yeah. It's also the the system in place is wrong. So yeah. um, right now the system is the lottery system. So, you know, you or I can apply for uh, a license and, you know, Tokyo Smoke, which Canopy Growth paid $400 million for, also has to get in line and apply for a license, right? Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. It needs to be merit-based. Um, the good thing is people are on message now. The Cannabis Council has put that letter out to, you know, Doug Ford and the Ontario government. It's being echoed in every earnings call, and you're seeing that now in the papers. Right. right? And the Doug Ford government has come out now and said, we've heard you, we understand, we're going to scrap. I just read today, they they, they confirmed, we're going to scrap the lottery, we're going to scrap the caps, um, we're going to move towards Alberta's system. For people who are not from Ontario or Canada, yeah. who is the Doug Ford government? So Doug Ford is the premier of Ontario, like the governor, if you will, of Ontario, um, except in uh, Canadian politics with the parliamentary system, you know. If, he's a progressive conservative. Yeah, he's a conservative, sure. And if if you have, like he's a majority government, the good thing about that is when they want to do something, they can do so pretty much unilaterally. Like they don't need to go get votes from other people. Their right. caucus votes with them, right? right? So what I will say about um, this system is, you know, if you look at Quebec, Quebec is also a problem child in terms of retail. Right. Quebec uses a fully – the second thing on my list was distribution, right? And people don't really think about distribution. We've talked about distribution at length in California and yeah, other places, yeah, yeah. right? I'm a big proponent of distribution. I think it should be privatized. For sure. And I think distribution is extremely vital to the growth of this industry. Yep. Yeah. And, and what people don't see when we talk about distribution in the Canadian model is that – um, basically, the when you're an LP and you're growing this cannabis, you're not really selling it to the end consumer. You're sell you're not even selling it to the retailers. You're selling it to the government. You're selling it to the OCS. You're selling it to you know each individual provincial government, and then they're selling it to the retailers and consumers. So. This creates a lot of issues. It creates logistical issues. It creates sales issues. It creates feedback issues. And it's a really, really big problem. And 
in Ontario, you know, we have the LCBO. So if you want to buy alcohol, you have to go to a government-run store right. and buy alcohol that way, yeah. right? One very good thing that Doug Ford did when he came in was he scrapped the original proposal from, you know, the people who were there before him that the government was going to run all of the cannabis stores in, on, in Ontario, all the dispensaries. He said, no, 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 we're going private retail. And if you look at actually the news articles that came out around then, it was like, hey, this is amazing news for cannabis companies. Yeah. Where it went off the rails was him saying, we're going to do a lottery system. That was a big problem. And we're going to cap the licenses. Right. You know, to artificially because we think there's not going to be enough supply to go around. Absolutely. So and that's where we went off the rails. Yeah. But ultimately, the, gov- the, the switching to private retail was actually, I think people are not realizing, such a gift because once once they fix this problem, this artificial mm-hmm. problem, and they remove the lottery system and they remove the caps, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to grow this thing really rapidly. Mm-hmm. Quebec does not is not going to work like that. They, they're only doing provincial-run stores. Right. And so I'm telling you right now, when we look at this in a year or two years from now, and, and this problem is fixed, yeah. um, or at least on the way to being fixed— Ontario per capita will far outstrip Quebec. And BC now has fixed the problem too. They've issued a lot more licenses. So, yeah. so they're going to be yeah, coming yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. So Alberta will do really well. BC will do really well. And fingers crossed, they actually you know commit to doing this quickly in Ontario and we solve this problem in short right. order. Mm-hmm. So that that's basically the retail problem in a nutshell. And that's... Um, Hopefully, how it gets how it gets solved, and that's why I'm a little bit optimistic that it will get solved. Yeah. And if you were to give it a scale from like one to ten, mm-hmm. what do you think it would be? So, in terms of probability of it being solved, yeah. So, yeah. I would say the probability for Ontario is high because the uh, I'm seeing the conservative government reacting. You know, some would say they reacted slowly, but now that the, that uh, there's a focused message. Mm-hmm. And everything, you're seeing it repeated in the media and whatnot, they seem to be on it. Okay, the caveat I'll give, though, is they're not 100% on it because they, you know, the thing I read today with CBC, they said, we're going to remove the caps. We're going to switch to Alberta's model. It was like, check, check. And they said, the person said, but we've got the cap, the 75 um, license cap until July of 2020. For sure, for sure. And, And I'm like, just remove the cap. It, you put it there. Just, just get rid of it. You don't need to wait till July 2020. <laughs> Which makes sense. Now, I know this is a market update, but for the guys who are, or for the people who are listening to it from an investment perspective, how are you positioning yourself in the event that this will happen? If, if given the problem that you gave, if this will happen, how are you positioning your portfolio? Okay. So great question. So let's think about this really quickly because I think a key component of this is if everything goes correctly, mm-hmm. it's going to be very good for the entire industry. Okay. And, you know, we're like, I, you know, I'm especially focused when on When you the, say entire in- industry, you literally mean on a global scale. Exactly. Okay. Because I'm focused on the U.S. market, but what you'll see is that um, they're correlated even if they shouldn't be. Sure. So if the Canadian companies don't do well, everybody yeah. takes a hit. Okay. Okay. So- it's very important to think about timing, Okay. right? Let's imagine that the Doug Ford government came out today and they said, you know what? Here are the new rules. We're giving licenses out starting right now, et cetera, et cetera, right? How long would it take for this to actually start impacting people's earnings? Let's think about this. So if they came out today- I, w- I would say like almost eight to 12 months. 
Okay. Interesting you said that number. Uh, and sorry, 8 to 12 months means 2 to 3 quarters. Right, exactly. So, so again, interesting you use that number because what, what I said was if they started doing it today, which let's be real, it's not going to happen today, it's going to take you six months to issue licenses and for people to start setting stores up. Minimum yeah. six months. Yeah. Right. And they'll probably do licenses in waves because they don't want. Well, let's let's move today to January first. Right. So we'll say it's, yeah, it still doesn't sure. make a difference. Yeah. But but again, it's <clears throat> it's if you take it to January first, you say six months. Right. So yeah. J- Just to July. get some stores open. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, they're not going to open all the stores at once, so it's going to be rolling. So six months, you have to start having stores open. Then they have to ramp up, and then the sales actually have to hit companies' bottom lines. Right. Right. So realistically. It's the second half of 2020 yeah, and beyond. I agree with that. Yeah. Before you even start to see things really getting better. Before things materialize. Yeah, exactly. And realistically, again, this is almost like a best case scenario. If they do okay. everything right away, right? Yeah. If they delay it mm-hmm. or there's a more delayed rollout, mm-hmm. we could be talking about 2021, even the back half of 2021, before we really start seeing improvements in the company's earning results. Right. Right, because well, would that be the end? Do you, do you think the companies would survive till twenty twenty one? Because like twenty twenty one, in any other industry, is not that far away. It's actually short term. Yeah, short term. In the cannabis, sure. in the cannabis industry, it's medium to long term. That is, that's like which a is absurd. One hundred percent. Which is absurd. That's actually that's literally double <laughs> the legalization. Yeah. Well, people always say, you know, cannabis. You know, it's funny in real estate. I say I've been doing this six and a half years. And and people are like, oh, you know, congrats! Like you're oh, six and a half years in yeah. cannabis. Like, like, oh my god! No, six and a half years in real estate is like, oh, okay, so you just got started, <laughs> you know? Like, so you know, you're gonna you, you're a real professional, basically. Yeah, like, exactly. You're, you're you're in kindergarten. You're like you graduated kindergarten, right, and you're like right, in first right. grade, right? In cannabis, you're like, oh my god, you're like a master's student. Can- you have a PhD. In cannabis, I say I've been doing this since 2017, which is like you know two and a half years, um, and people are like, oh my goodness, like wow, like. So, so cannabis years really are dog years. Where's your Ferrari? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cannabis years really are dog years. And to your point, can companies survive one to two years if, this, if these problems are not fixed? The answer is for a lot of them, probably not, right? So, so that's what I said. There's good and bad here. Um, a lot of what I'm saying is like a lot of those companies, they can't survive with the cash burn that they have. Right. The ones in pre- right. precarious yeah, financial yeah. situations, <clears throat> mm-hmm. they're going to get wiped out. Yeah, but you know what? Like, as much as I hate to say that because that hurts investors and it hurts people's jobs and etc. Mm-hmm. The truth is, like, if you're some one of these of, companies don't deserve to be here. Well, that's true that's too. Fine. That's if, fine. If, if you haven't run a good company and you're not generating margins, right, right, and you you haven't run a tight ship, you know, uh, you only have yourself to blame for that too, right? Sure. But so the flip side is, if you're one of the winning companies and all your competition is getting wiped out, yeah, that's pretty good. For sure. Right. That if you can sustain and weather the storm. It can be pretty good. It's just how bad is the storm and how many people does it wipe out, right? Yeah, exactly. So those are the those are sort of the questions. So to answer your question, how do you play this volatility? How do you play the pain that we know is coming? Right. It's, in my opinion, you stick to higher quality names. You stick to people who are cashed up. Mm-hmm. When things go down, you know, you can buy. When things go up, you have to sell and you have to trim, Right, but you're really sticking to high quality names mm-hmm. who can survive one to two years, who have the cash, who have limited cash burn, or are even making money today, um, and can weather the storm. Okay, right? that's the eye we have to have. It's really a flight to safety right now. 
within within the cannabis yeah. sphere, right? Which is which is an oxymoron. Which again, there's probably less than ten companies, yeah, and in Canada, probably less than five that you can look at and confidently say, you know, I believe these guys will be here in two years. You know, come hell or high water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Okay, so to two con- years. So to Sorry. continue again, yeah. that's only two years. I, I this is, it's insane. Twenty four months is so far away from yeah, the cannabis nothing. industry. It's nothing. Yeah, this is why I love this industry. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Go so ahead. okay, so. That's the retail um, question mark, right? That's okay. the retail problem. And I think that one is actually on the way of getting solved in both BC and Ontario. So okay. BC, they've mostly solved it. They've issued the licenses. Now it's time to ramp up. Ontario, let's see. But, you know, I'm optimistic, basically. Yeah. Uh, Quebec, less optimistic, but it will, you know, continue to scale out. Now, okay. now, what one thing that's very important too is that the retailers or the LPs need to actually have their own retail stores. Okay. Okay. Now, the reason for this is twofold. The first is margins. That they need to be able to capture more margin, right? And one of the things that you know the government will be doing in when Ontario. When you say margins, you mean profits. Yeah, but basically, like you know, how much money do you keep? Yeah, but instead of just wholesaling flour for four dollars. Right, yeah. you want to be able to also sell some of your own flour for eight or nine dollars direct yeah, to the yeah, consumer. Yeah. How much money you keep? Yeah, yeah. Co- and collect the difference, right? So right, it's profits. Exactly, higher profits on on certain things. Yeah. But the second part is, and this bleeds into number point number two, marketing promotion. Health Canada has been extremely strict on promotion and what you can do and what you can't do and how you can market. Yeah. So, the dispensaries are more critical than ever. Because when you can't market, the dispensaries become one of your hubs of marketing. The person walks into the store and they don't know what they're looking for. They're overwhelmed. You know, it might just be a novelty for them, right? So it's up to you, the dispensary owner, to give them a good experience so they Mm -hmm. come back for more, right? So that's why also the LPs, Canopy, needs to have their own stores because it's not just about margin that's important, mm-hmm. but it's also about when you come in, capturing you and making sure you see the coolest new canopy product. Yeah. That you get to try the coolest new thing and you're not buried behind somebody else's product. Yeah. Right. So that's another big problem. Yeah. And ultimately, will that problem be solved? Will Health Canada take away the rules around promotion marketing? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. This is this is where you and I, off air, always not disagree, but like we always have a very fail to agree. <laughs> I would say a spicy conversation. Sure, okay. I'm using air quotes yeah. for those who can't see. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Um, so promotionally, you think? No, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Right, every every dispensary you talk to, everyone. For, this is the investing network. So whenever people get a dispensary in front of them, you might hear the term, hey, we want to build the Apple store of being a dispensary. Right? You hear that. You've heard that. You've heard that multiple yep, times. Absolutely. Sure. And it's like, oh, my God, that sounds awesome. But just keep in mind that when you walk into an Apple store, you know every single product on the shelf. There's not one product that you can look at and not identify what it is. There's an iPad. There's an iPhone. Sure. There's a, a MacBook, whatever. Sure. If you're not an avid cannabis user and you walk into a cannabis store, you don't know what what, what you're looking for. Yeah. And so this is where I agree with you. Mm-hmm. The sales rep is very important. However, though, when I walk into a store and a sales rep tells me, hey, you should buy product ABC, 
I get very skeptical about product ABC. Sure. So it has the adverse effect that a lot of cannabis dispensaries would would want to have. And so I see that. I'm obviously, you know, I'm I'm a proponent of, hey, let's go on a website, whatever it is. You mm-hmm. you search it up, you find out some information on it, and then you purchase it on your own. You you know, you make that own decision. And this is where you and I always talk about and my whole thing is that you're right. I think dispensaries in the short term do add a lot of value, but I think that e commerce and I think that the consumer is quite educated, they're gonna be able to make their own decision with with or without the bud tender, which is what they're called here in, in Ontario. Yeah. So eventually, like to your point, you always say there's no brands yet. There's just labels. Wholeheartedly, yes, I will right. stand by that statement all so, the time. So and I, I would agree with you. You, you know, like Nobody has occupied that place in people's brains yet. And because you can't promote, it's super hard to establish a brand, right? So ultimately, you know, until you have brands, I don't think people will go online and know what to look for. Right. I just don't think that's going to happen. And the other thing, too, is like you said, oh, if you're not a cannabis connoisseur, you won't know what's on the shelves. Right. No. Nobody's going to know what's on the shelves for the next two years. I'll tell you that right now. I've, that, this, is, this is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yes. Yeah, because it's not just brands. It's the innovations you're going to see coming up, like okay. the types okay, of products okay, okay. that, you know, the new things that constantly come out. Like, you know, I, but do you I keep think my finger on the new methods. Do you think there's going to be any methods to ingest the product? Or 100%. Do you think they're just going to, really? Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, already look what at what else is there? There's, already, there's everything. There's everything from eye drops to vapes. Like, well, not again in Canada, not yet. Right? Oh, okay, okay. Right? Sorry, and sorry, and sorry. we have to remember that in Canada, tens of millions of dollars are going into R and D. Yeah. Um, and we haven't seen the result of that yet, right? But even when I just see Canopy and Aurora and, and the the products that they're working on, right? And again, yeah. and I've has it, I would never. It would be hard for me to invest in any of these companies because of where the yeah. valuation is and mm-hmm. etc. But you know, they spent that R and D money, um, and we can argue about if they spent too much. But some yeah. of the stuff they have looking out. Coming out as a as just uh you know just a consumer yeah. looks pretty damn cool, right? When you see like mints and beverages and this kind of stuff, yeah. Now will it sell? Will it be profitable? That's a different story. But I'm telling you right now, the next twelve plus tw- you know twelve twenty four months, you're going to see some really cool stuff coming out, and you and it's going to keep you're going to keep seeing newer stuff come out. Like it's going to take a while for this the dust to settle yeah. on what the next wave of products is. Yeah. Right. So. What I'm saying is website, yeah, okay, cool. But I think going there, seeing it, touching it, like I think this is really going to be experiential retail uh, for a long time to come. And now is it two years, three years, five years? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, like we said, 24 months, a long time in cannabis world. Next 24 months, dispensaries are king. Or a queen. King or queen. There yeah. you go. But so, okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I'm so, not so that's that's the marketing part of it. Okay. And then lastly, distribution, like we talked about, the government needs to take a step back. You know, and again, Ontario, the OCS has actually been given ex- instructions to look at scaling back mm-hmm. and to allow more, you know, LP, like, so, so uh, cultivator to retailer sales. Okay. Right. So again, hopefully this comes together in the right way and, and has the right outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of jobs. Um, there's a lot of jobs at stake, right? Yeah. Like if they don't fix this problem, and it doesn't matter. I, I'm telling you right now, even if they fix this problem tomorrow, like we just said, it's going to take time to actually affect the companies. Yeah. Companies are going under. I'm telling you that right now. You're going to see in the next six months, six months, companies getting really desperate for capital. 
you know, doing crazy raise things like Xenobis did, right? Like rights offerings, yeah, right? Yeah. Completely diluting the company. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I saw today Emerald Health just did a raise for two and a half million dollars yeah. um, at like, you know, a 20% discount to their share price with a full warrant. And they also bought the same amount of shares from an insider. Yeah. It was a very weird transaction. Um, it's, These it's, are all it's getting worse, for, not for, for people who are just trying to understand what the commentary based off what, he, what, what, what Manish was just saying. This is bad news bears in the sense that if you wanted to raise capital, you would be able to just do a straight equity offering. But because people are not attracted to your equity, you have to throw in some sort of invest or sorry, sweetener. incentive, yeah, a, a sweetener. sweetener. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you have to throw in a sweetener. And whether it's a right, whether it's a warrant, whether it's a discount to a significant discount to whatever your stock is trading at, those are all red flags. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Uh, I, yeah. I don't yeah, want to be red flags. They are. They're, they're red flags. It's, it's a negative. Flags. It's a negative. It's exactly. Like a exactly. warrant is a negative. I'll it's tell like, you, yeah, flag uh, on the play, yeah. 10 yards, holding, boom, let's go. A, a warrant's not a, I would say a warrant's not a red flag. It's maybe a yellow flag, right? It's, yeah. The sweetener shows that, you know, you need to entice the investor. I'll tell you what the well, red well, 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 hold on. So I didn't mean to cut you off there, but like a warrant is usually normal. So when you do a private offering, a warrant is actually what's normally thrown in. So that, right. that that's like that's like, hey, listen, like no holding. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, ideally for the company, it would be straight equity, right? Exactly. And certain companies can get that. Yeah. Emerald Health, you know, is in, has a lot of issues. I'll tell you the red flag on Emerald Health. They did a raise for two and a half million dollars of cash, which is not that much. The company, I'm telling you right for now, that what they're Emerald worth. Health. Needs way more money than two and a half million exactly, dollars. Exactly, exactly. They couldn't get more like, money out of the investor, and they couldn't get other investors in. And what's two and a half million dollars going to do for them? Like, it's, it's going to keep them afloat for a month. Exactly. And then next month, what are they going to have to do? They they owe seven million dollars to the to the Village Farms JV. So two and a half million is nothing. You know so, what I mean? Yes. For people listening, imagine ex- imagine you had a seven and a half million dollar credit card debt, and you only asked for two point five million dollars. You still owe five million dollars. Yeah, and you had to go like you really had to give up a lot to get that two and a half. Million. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's so insane. so so basically, you know, to wrap it up, um, even if things got fixed tomorrow, I don't think guys like Emerald Health would yeah. would come out of this. You know, uh, come out of the other side feeling good. And right? those that, that's not the only name that's in trouble. There's there's tons this, of other names. Yeah. And for you, for people who are listening, who are yeah. looking at maybe ABC, Cannabis Co., look at this into consideration. Look at their cash balance. Look at how much debt they have on the street. Going back to the very one of the very first episodes we talked about, look at their cap table. Yeah, you you got to go right now to the higher quality names. And to finish off the episode, you know, We've listed out what the problems are. I think there's solutions. You know, I personally am invested more in the U.S. markets, um, but I think you're going to see value in the Canadian market over the next little while. I think that Q4, which we're in right now, which will be reported next year, I think it will be a very rough quarter, to be honest with you, probably even worse than Q3, what we're seeing right now. And I think it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Um and I think over the next six months, you're going to see some more pain. But again, you're going to see, you, you know, it's not all bad, right? You have bad and you have good. So when you when you see high quality, I, I saw a great uh, a phrase today actually on on an investment deck, and it was uh, oh, I love this. It, it was it was a uh, it was so it's an investment. It's a venture. It's a fund company, and they were they were showing me an investment, and they said we look for beachfront property 
at inland prices. Ooh, I would yeah. like beachfront property, yeah. but I don't want to pay inland. Inland, prices. no, but inland, in inland yeah. meaning you know, like not beach, not waterfront, I, I, right? No, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I was okay, speaking okay. Joke, okay. I live, we live in Toronto. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Toronto's so, expensive. So I Toronto's want, expensive. I want Toronto properties at Leamington prices. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Okay, I'm hundred hundred p n right yeah, now. There yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So, so the point they were just making is we're looking for quality, but at at a discount. Right. Right. So yeah. that's how I would view this market. Don't look at a chart like you would have a year ago and say, oh, this company's down. I could probably quick catch, you know, unless you're a trader and that's what you do, then, you know, up to you. You're taking that risk. You really have to look at it if you buy something. If the market shut down right now for a year and you had to hold it for a year, you have to be happy holding it. Yeah. Because that's that's where we are right now. There's a lot of volatility out there. But if you take a high quality name, um, you can at least... You know, I, I think you'll be able to weather the storm and come out positively on the other side. So, yeah. So that's what you're going to see, in my opinion. And, and I think I think it's hard to um, reverse this trend. Like, I, I just don't see a, I don't see positive earnings for any of these companies. I don't think this is a trend. I think this months. is normalization happening. And I think this this is a necessary that you and I, this is why we started this whole podcast. Yes. Yes, the, but the is trend for this reason. The trend is the buildup of inventory. The Duncan. Oh yes, 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 yes. Right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. what I mean. I meant valuations. Yeah, yeah, but yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. And and so you're going to keep having negative earning reports. Right, right. For right, the next right. six months, because there's yeah. no alternative. There's no right, solution. right. Yeah. Anyway, so um, guys, if, if you find that interesting, you should check out our next episode, which is um, all time highs or all time lows. What's going to happen next? Um, and that'll also give you an idea of sort of what we think is going to happen next, how to play it, how to manage the volatility. Um, and that's it. And, and to cap it off, I mean, I do think that Canada is going to be a tough market. I do think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I probably want to fish where, you know, where the waters are a little calmer, right? So that's why I like the U.S. a little more. Um, but there will be opportunity in Canada with the volatility coming up. So. There, there definitely is opportunity in Canada. I just think you have to be very selective. And I think yes. when you're looking in the States, Absolutely. the same rule applies. This is not 2014. This is However, not 2018. Yeah, yeah, for sure. However you invested in cannabis in the past is not how you should approach investing in cannabis going forward. 100%. It's if You've talked about this if, multiple times. Yeah. If your thinking has not evolved even in the last couple of months, yeah. then I think you're behind. Absolutely, absolutely. It's now again to quote Manish. It's no longer a show me story. It's a tell, it's, sorry. It's no longer a tell me story. It's a show me story. Exactly. Right. And we need show to show me the money. Show me some revenue. Show me show some me the revenue. margins. And you know what? Yeah, exactly. That that's where I was going at. Is that it's no longer show me the revenue. It's show me the margins. There we no, go. Who cares about top line? I want to see bottom line now. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, Anyways. let's let's leave it off there. Uh, guys, my name is Manish. This is Abby. You've been listening to the CIN podcast, and that is our email, cinpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. 
Prior to making any investment or financial decision, an investor should seek individualized advice from, from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable, but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors.